Welcome to the OU Shnai Mikra series. This is Menachem Liptag. This week we study Parshat Ba'era, and in today's year we study the first Aliyah, beginning with Perak Yudchet, chapter 18, in Sefer Breshit. Ba'erai lav Adonai belonei mamrei. God appeared to him in a place called Elonei mamrei. We will discuss this place very soon. Behu yoshe petach ohel kachom hayom. And he was sitting at the entrance to the tent at the heat of the day. Notice when you read this Pasuk, we don't know who the topic of the sentence is. We obviously know it's talking about Avram Avinu, but Chumash, in a very clever manner, wants to make sure that the reader connects between the story of chapter 18 and the previous stories in Parsha Lech Lecha, and by beginning the story, by saying that God appeared to him, and not saying that God appeared to Avram, that's going to force the reader to connect this story to what happened in the previous stories in Sefer Breshit. We're going to return to this theme throughout our entire series on Parsha Vayra. In other words, when we study Chumash, We're not just looking at snapshots. We're not just looking at individual pictures, one story that we learn from, but it's more like viewing a movie where even though each frame in the movie can be viewed as a snapshot, when you view all those frames one after the other, you begin to understand the development of a beautiful theme which progresses not only from book to book, but throughout the entire Chumash and the entire Tanakh. Recall at the end of Parshat Lech Lecha, God had entered a covenant with Avram Avinu, which we call Brit Milah, and at the end of that covenant, God had promised Avram Avinu that even though he had already given birth to a son named Yishmael, now he would also have a child from his wife Sarah. The name of that son would be Yitzchak. And that covenant, which he had just convened with Avram Avinu, even though Avram had thought it would apply to Yishmael, God tells him that covenant only applies to Yitzchak. Yishmael would be blessed, but the covenant, the one about a nation representing God, that will continue only through the offspring of Yitzchak. It's important to make note of that because we're going to find a very parallel story in chapter 18 where again God is going to tell Avram Avinu that he's going to have a son and his name will be Yitzchak. Let's continue now with Pasuk Bet. Avram lifted up his eyes and he saw Behold, there are three men standing in front of him. He sees again. Obviously, this thing is a type of understanding. Throughout Chumash, Vayar can mean to physically see something. Many times it also means to have an understanding. Even in English, we say today, you see what I mean. You can see something, which doesn't necessarily mean an optical vision, but often it also implies an understanding or a comprehension, which causes a person either to reach a conclusion or to take an action. So here, Bayar, he understands something. He sees these travelers passing by may need some help. Therefore, he runs towards them from the entrance of his tent, and he bows down in front of them in order to welcome them. Vayomar, he tells them as follows, Adonai, They're my Lord, my Master. If indeed I have found favor in your eyes, please don't pass by without allowing me to welcome you to my tent, to help you out a little bit before you continue your travels. Most of you are familiar with Rashi on this entire chapter. And Rashi, following the Midrashim of Chazal, goes out of his way to describe the tremendous amount of effort that Avram gives to what we call Hachnasat Orchim, the welcoming of guests. Rashi goes out of his way to quote the Midrashim that showed the exemplary behavior of Avram Avinu, especially in relation to Hachnasat Orchim. Let's read several more Psukim and we'll see how correct Rashi is in that approach by watching how the Psukim emphasize all the efforts that Avram makes in order to make sure that these guests are taken care of. Pasek Dalad, Yukachna matmaim, have some water, brachatsura glechem, wash your feet, vishanu tachat eitz, Take the shade, rest, relax under the tree. I'll bring some bread. Have something to eat. And then afterwards you can continue on your journey. 
because indeed, just happened to have passed by by your servant. Avram Avinu views himself as a servant to these strangers. And they answered him, Please do as he said. In other words, they accept his invitation and they say, Go ahead, please bring us water and drink and food. We'd be more than happy to stay. Now to show that these were not simply empty words of welcoming somebody in, in Pasuk Val, by Maher Avraham Ha'ohela El Sarah, quickly Avram goes to the tent where Sarah was, by Yomer, and he says to her, Mahari, quickly, Shalosh Tzi'im Kemach Solet, take three measures of fine flour, Loshi Vasiugot, knead the dough and make some cake. After giving those commands to Sarah, Bela Bakarat Avraham, Avram ran quickly to the cattle, by Kach Ben Bakar, Rach Vito Vaitein Ahlanar, by Maher Lasototo. He took a calf, tender and choice, he gave it to a servant boy, and quickly he prepared the meat and the food in order to give them a meal. He brought some butter and some milk, together with the meat that he had prepared. He gave it in front of them, in order that they can eat. And then he stood over them like a waiter, making sure maybe you need something to drink, something extra. He stood over them under the tree in the shade. And he stood over them under the tree in the shade. And as they ate, he stood over them like a waiter, tending to older needs. There's no doubt that Chumash is going out of its way to emphasize the tremendous dedication that Avraham Avinu has for Achnasat Orchim. And there's no doubt that's what's motivating Rashi to go out of his way whenever there's a small problem in any of the Psukim. He'll use that as a springboard to bring yet another example of Avraham's dedication to Achnasat Orchim. However, the main topic of chapter 18, which continues into chapter 19, it's one long parshia, it's not hachnasat orchim. It's not just about welcoming guests. There's a bigger thing going on about the birth of Yitzchak and the choice of Avram Avinu to become the forefather of God's nation. That was a topic that developed in Parshat Lech Lecha, And we already indicated in the beginning of our shir that the opening line of Parshat Era tells the reader you must relate to the previous story because we say, Bayera Elav Hashem. God appeared to him. He must be Avram Avinu from the previous story. And that was the story where God told Avram Avinu, you're going to have a son, his name will be Yitzchak. And the covenant that I just made with you, that covenant is going to continue through Yitzchak. I'd like to dedicate the main part of our shir today to explain how we can see the deeper message of this parak by taking note of the site where this event takes place. Again, let's return to the opening pasuk. God appears to Avram Avinu in a place called Elone Mamre. This is not the first time that Elone Mamre is mentioned. What we're going to do now is show you the two earlier mentions of Elone Mamre in Parshat Lech Lecha and why and where they're mentioned are not by chance. It's going to reflect one of the most basic themes of Chumash and that is the contrast between the city of Stom and the life of Avram Avinu. So let's take a look at the end of chapter 13 in Sefer Breshit. There we read, Avram moves his tent. is a verb based on the noun Ohel. And Ohel is a tent. Avram moves his tent from Betel where he was before. And then he moves in a place called Elonei Mamre. And there once again he builds a Mizbeach for God. Recall that in the beginning of chapter 13, when Avram returned from Egypt, he returned to Betel, the place of his Mizbeach. And there we're told, in Psukim Gimon Dalad in chapter 13, We're told how Avram, when he comes back from Egypt, returns to Betel, to the place where he built his Mizbeach, to the place where he put his tent in the beginning, when he first came to Israel. And there, what did Avram do? 
He built an altar and called out about God. The same thing he did in chapter 12, verse 8, when he first arrived, there also in Bethel, he built a Mizbech and calls out about God. That is, in essence, what Avram is about. Avram is making a name for God. However, the word Bayahau is not only about Avram Avinu in chapter 13. We have the exact same word in relation to Lot. Look in Perikud Gimel in Pasikud Bet. Avram Yeshab Eretz Knan. Avram and Lot have a split. When Lot leaves, Avram remains in the land of Canaan. Lot was dwelling in the cities of the Jordan Valley, called Arei Kikar, Kikar Yarden, and he moved his tent to Stom. Notice the contrast and how beautiful it is in chapter 13. There's a confrontation between Avram and Lot. Lot leaves Avram Avinu. Their way split. Lot picks the Jordan River Valley and ends up moving his tent more and more to the south to the city of Stom. And then we're told in Pasuk Yedgimel, Vanshei Zdom, Ra'im V'chataim L'Hashem O'od. The men of Stom were very evil and wicked in the eyes of God. And in contrast, Avram Avinu moves his tent, Vayehel Avram, Vayevo Vesha Belonei Mamrei Asher Bechevron. Avram moves his tent to Elonei Mamrei. But what does Avram do? He builds a Mizbeach to God. What's the meaning of this Mizbeach to God? We're going to see later on in Parshat Vayera. We read this on Rosh Hashanah. In the end of chapter 21, in the end of Perach of Aleph, in the story with Avram and Avimelech, in Pasuk Lamed Gimel, the last line of chapter 21, verse 33, Avram plants an Eshel in Beersheba. What does Avram do in Beersheba? A place where people travel by. Avram there also calls out in God's name. We see that what Avram was doing, and the Midrashim emphasizes over and over again, Avram spends all of his spare time doing as much as he can to welcome guests, to take care of the needs of others. And in essence, that's what it means to call it in God's name. Rashi, in the Pasuk that we quoted from the end of Perach of Aleph, by Teesha Rashi explains what was Avram doing. People would pass by. He'd offer them some drink, some food, some lodging. It's a beautiful acrostic of Eshel. Aleph Shinlamad Ochel Shtiyavalina. The people would thank Avram Avinu. Avram would say, don't thank me, thank God. This is how Avram dedicated his life. In contrast to Lot, who was traveling with Avram Avinu, who possibly could have been or might have been part of this great nation, because when Avram was first chosen and he makes Aliyah, Chumash goes out of its way to describe how Avram travels together with Lot, back in Pasuk, hey, in Perikid Gimel, even Lot, who traveled with Avram, was also wealthy. That led to the quarrel between the shepherds, which led to Lot's decision to leave Avraham. But to understand the meaning of Lot's departure from Avram Avinu, we must return to Perikid Gimel to Pasuk Yod, to verse 10 in chapter 13. When Avram gave Lot the choice to go to the north or the south, Lot doesn't take either option that Avram gives him. Instead, in Pasuk Yud, we're told, Lot lifts up his eyes. Remember this phrase. He sees the entire Jordan River Valley. It's full of water. Before God destroyed Stom and Amorah. Kikar Yarden, the Jordan Valley, was like the Garden of Eden because it had a river, the Jordan River, and hence it's like Egypt, which has a continuous supply of water like the Nile River. However, note how beautifully Chumash already alludes to what's going to happen later on in Parshat Vayera. This is before Lifnei Shachet Hashem And Boachat Soar, that's where Lot's going to end up in the story in chapter 19. He'll end up in Soar. Vayivchai Lot did kol Kikar Yarden, Pasuk Aleph, Lot picks the entire Jordan Valley. Rashi, on the mark, brings down the Midrash Gada that Lot didn't go from the east or to the east. Lot is simply leaving Kadmonosha Olam. He's leaving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
This is a split between Avram and Lot, and this split reflects the difference between Avram and Lot and the difference between Avram and Stone. Avram Yoshev Eretz Kenan, Lot Yoshev Barayakikar Vayihal Ad Stone. The pasuk we read before, Avram moves his tent to Elonei Mamre, Lot moves his tent to Stone. The men of Stone were evil. Avram builds an Izbech and Elonei Mamre. What's he doing by building a Izbech? He's making an altar that represents God. And at that site, he dedicates his entire life to the needs of others, to welcoming guests, helping travelers. And hence, Avram Avinu becomes a paradigm for ideal Jewish behavior in all future generations as well. Then in Pasuk Yedalad, in Perak Yedgimel, God told Avram, after Lot left him, Now you lift up your eyes from your place. In all four directions, just like Lot lifted up his eyes and saw only one direction, only Kikariyardain, only the good life, a life full of water where you don't need God at all, Avram remains on the mountain range in Bethel. God tells him from this site, God tells Avram, I want you to look up just like Lot did, but you look in all four directions. Travel now in this land, accomplish your mission, this is the land I'm giving to you, what you're going to do will be a model for your future generations to emulate what Lot's going to do will lead him to a way much farther away from God. It's interesting, back in Parshat Lech Lecha, that what led to this confrontation between Lot and Avram Avinu, both Lot and Avram had traveled down to Egypt. What Lot saw in Egypt was the Nile River. He saw a great way of life. What Avram saw in Egypt was corruption, trying to take his wife, trying to kill him. God protected Avram Avinu. When Avram and Lot returned back to the land of Canaan, Avram remains even more committed to his mission to make a name for God to fight corruption. Therefore, he builds his Mizbech first in Bethel and then later moves his tent and builds his Mizbech in Lonem Mamre. Lot, in contrast, returns from Egypt. He's looking for Egypt in the land of Israel. He finds Kikar Yardin and ends up moving his tent to stone. Now, to prove this connection between Elonem Mamre and stone, the contrast between Avram's life of Achnasat Orchim and making a name for God and the society that's happening in stone, we simply have to read what happens in Perik Yudalad in Sefer Breshit in the War of the Four Kings and Five Kings. There we're told how the four kings take Lot captive. Pasuk Yudbet, Vayichuet Lot, Vet Ruchusho Ben Achi Avram, Vayilechu, Vuhu Yosheh Bistom. What does Chumash Gold way to tell us? Lot is taken captive, but Lot was living in the city of Zdom that was defeated by the four kings. The refugee from the battle came and told this to Avram Ha'ivri. And where's Avram? Avram is where? Again, in Elonem Mamre. But here we see again that theme of Avram in contrast to Stom and Elonem Mamre being the place not only where Avram is living as a technical detail, but rather as a very thematic detail, Elonem Mamre being the site where Avram built in Izmeach and calls out in God's name, and he accomplishes making a name for God, not only in what he tells people, but also in how he treats his guests and how he lives his life in dedication to the service of others. Therefore, in Parshat Lechacha, we already see the connection between God's choice of Avram Avinu to become the forefather of a nation that's going to represent him. That idea is fortified in two covenants, in Brit Milah and Brit Ben Abtarim. And now we've been waiting for Avram finally to have a child that's going to continue that legacy. At Briti Akimati Yitzchak, the covenant I made with you at Brit Milah, that will be through Yitzchak. Chapter 18 simply continues that story now. And now we understand why it's so important that when Avram finally gets the news that indeed he'll have a child from Sarah and his name will be Yitzchak, and the message that Avram has to give to his child Yitzchak, which we'll see emphasized 
in the second Aliyah, in our Shira tomorrow, it's very meaningful that the news of the birth of Yitzchak goes hand in hand with behavior that God expects from Avram Avinu that becomes a paradigm for Jewish behavior for all generations. One other point, which the Rambam brings up in Pasik Bet, Avram lifted up his eyes and he saw the Rambam, Maimonides, in Morin Nebuchim, in the Seichen Chelek, in Perek Membet, offers a very interesting interpretation. He claims that this entire story that takes place in chapter 18 is in a prophetic dream. He explains Pasik Bet, he lifted up his eyes and he saw, in a prophetic dream. And everything that's happening in chapter 18, and the whole story with the angels, is simply a prophetic dream that Avram has, through which God communicates his message about his future. Now on the one hand, that sort of takes away everything that Rashi is saying about how great Avram's behavior is. However, I'd like to offer a certain take on the Rambam's approach, which I think makes Avram Avinu look even greater. One could say if this entire story is in a prophetic dream, then where's the greatness of Avram Avinu? Everything that Rashi says, and rightly so, and everything that Chumash is doing to emphasize how great Avram's behavior is, and how dedicated he is to Achnasat Orchim, if this is simply a dream and not something real, then what can we learn from this story? I think it's exactly the opposite. If this is a prophetic dream, the message may even be stronger. Because God is showing Avram Avinu in this prophetic dream, I'm not only giving you a child named Yitzchak, but the background for the birth of the child is exactly the behavior which you demonstrate all the time, which God is highlighting in this prophetic dream, even in a more realistic sense. If a person who dreams about Hachnasat Orchim, not only does Hachnasat Orchim, but when he's dreaming, when it's on his mind in the middle of a hot day and falling asleep in the afternoon, what does he dream about, about the opportunity to do Hachnasat Orchim? That's a person who that value is ingrained in his character, Therefore, a person who dreams about Hafnan Satorchim, that may be even a higher level than a person who may be does Hafnan Satorchim, but is dreaming about going on vacation. If a person dreams about doing that, then for sure in his real life, he'll be very dedicated to that value. With that in mind, let's return now and finish up the Aliyah. We were in Pasuk Tet in verse 9. These strangers, after eating their meal and Avram taking care of them, they tell Avram as follows, Where's Sarah, your wife? He tells them she's in the tent. One of these guests tell Avram Avinu, Behold, I'm going to return to you within a year's time. Now, there's a machoker among the commentators. What's Eit Chaya? Is Eit Chaya as a year's time? Or as Rashvam points out, Eit Chaya is the time it takes to have a baby. And therefore, within nine months, or basically within a year, somewhere between nine months and a year, I'm going to return. And behold, there'll be a son for your wife Sarah. Sarah was in the tent. Remember, Avram is sitting with his guests outside the tent, under the trees. She's sitting in the tent and overhears this conversation. Avram and Sarah were already old. No longer did Sarah have the way of women, meaning she was already past the age of childbirth. Sarah, when she heard this, she laughed to herself in puzzlement. After becoming wrinkled and old, I can return to youth again? So it doesn't make sense that I can have a child? And my master, Avram Avinu, my husband, he's also old? How could it be that we could have a child? They've been trying for so long. They've given up hope. Why is Sarah laughing? How come Sarah is laughing to herself and saying, is it possible that I can have a child even though I'm old? Is anything impossible from God? Indeed, within a year's time, I'm going to come and meet you again and Sarah indeed will have a child. 
To conclude the shir, I want you to pay attention to what happened in Pasuk Gimon Yudalad. Note that in Pasuk Gimon Yudalad, God is speaking to Avram Avinu, and there it's explicit, Bayomer Hashem El Avram. God tell Avram, Why Sarah laughing and doubting whether this is possible. Pay attention that this is the first time that we see God, B'Shem Yudke Vavke, speaking to Avram Avinu. Beforehand, the exact same news about Sarah giving birth within a year's time was in Pasuk Yud. There said Bayomer, and he said, But who's speaking? The person speaking has to be the same man that was speaking in Pasuk Tet. His visitors who were sitting and eating, first they asked them, where's Sarah? Then one of them says, I'm going to come back and she's going to have a child. And at the end we're told, the God tells Avram Avinu that indeed Sarah will have a child. So one way to understand this is that these men are simply visitors and saying what they're saying. And then God enters the conversation at the very end to confirm what the visitors were saying. Or it could be, the way the Rashbam understands, on Pasuk Gimel, that when it says, Vayomer Hashem al Avram, when it says that God speaks to Avram, it's through this malach, it's through this person who Avram is feeding, that's how God communicates its message to Avram Avinu. And therefore, in the opening pasuk, which says, Vayera elav Hashem be'elonei mamre, God appeared to Avram Avinu and elonei mamre, how did God appear to Avram Avinu? By way of these visitors. God uses these visitors, who may be actual real people. God uses them to give His message. And this can help us understand the connection between the end of Parshat Lech Lecha in chapter 17 and the beginning of Parshat Vayera. Recall the problem that we mentioned in the beginning of the Shir, that many of the events that take place in the beginning of Parshat Vayera were already mentioned in the end of Parshat Lech Lecha. Recall in Perak Zayin, after God had told Avram Avinu that Sarai's name will now be Sarah, and she'll be blessed and she'll have a son, Avram's reaction was, in Pasuk Yedzayin, Vayipo Avraham apanav vayitzchak, Avram fell on his face and he laughed, Vayomer belibo, and he said to himself, Halavin meya shana yivaleid, vim Sarah havat tishim shana teleid, can it be that I'll be a father at the age of 100, and Sarah at the age of 90? Avraham then responded to God, that halavai that Ishmael should live, he's not expecting to have a son from Sarah, but God answers him in Pasuk Yedet, Vayomer Elohim, avos Sarah ishtacha yoledet lachaben, Indeed, your wife Sarah, she will have a son. Karata et Shmo Yitzchak, you should name him Yitzchak. Bakimoti et Briti ito, Lebrit Olam Lazarocharav. And my covenant, the one I just made with you, Brit Milah, that covenant will go only with your son from Sarah, only with Yitzchak. And finally, in Pasach of Aleph, God concludes his promise with Ved Briti Akimit Yitzchak, Asher Teilad Lachasara Lamoid Hazem B'Shana Hacheret. My covenant with you, I'm going to establish through Yitzchak, who will be born to you to Sarah at this time next year. So the idea that Avram is going to have a son from Sarah, the idea that his name will be Yitzchak, the concept that hearing the news of this, Avram laughs, and finally that the birth will take place within a year's time, these are all the exact same events that take place in the beginning of Parsha Bayera as well. So why would God need to send angels to Avram Avinu in chapter 18 to inform him of events that are going to happen that God himself told Avram directly in chapter 17? The deeper answer to this question lies in the distinction between God's name in chapter 17, where he's referred to as Shem Elohim, in contrast to chapter 18, where God's name is Yudke Vavke. That's a very complicated topic, which is beyond the scope of the Shnai Mikra series. However, at a simple level, I think it's possible to suggest the following. At the introduction to chapter 17, as God is about to undertake the covenant of Rit Milah, and Pasuk Aleph, Ayi Avram ben Tishim Shana v'Tesha Shanim, Vayira they were told that Hashem Yudke Vavke, notice God's name in the first passage of Perikid Zayin, God, Shem Yudke Vavke, 
appears to Avram and tells him, I'm Kel Shaddai, and it's commanded, walk before me and be perfect. And then, after that opening command, Elohim speaks to Avraham and makes the covenant and then promises afterwards the birth of Yitzchak. After Hashem, using name Yudke Vavke, commands Avram Avinu in preparation for the covenant of Brit Milah, that Avram has to lead the way in front of God and be perfect in his behavior. Afterwards, Avram receives a prophetic dream in which he's commanded to enter the covenant of Brit Milah. And there, Shem Elohim speaks to Avram directly in that prophetic dream. As soon as that promise is over in chapter 17, we find another version of the same promise. This time, God appears to Avram once again, B'Shem Yud Kevavke. Now we're going to find out in a more detailed version how God gave that message to Avram Avinu. Here we find that God sends men. And in a very natural setting, Avram now receives a message from God about the birth of Yitzchak to Sarah. But what's beautiful about this double presentation, in the second time when God appears to him, B'Shem Yud Kevavke, through these malachim, God sends real people to Avram Avinu to give him this message. In order to receive this message about the birth of Yitzchak, it's important that Avram is fulfilling the commandment of Hitalech Lafanai V'yet Tamim to walk and lead the way in front of God and be perfect in his dedication to the mitzvah HaAchnasat Orchim. That could be why the story emphasizes over and over again, on the one hand, how Avram is dedicated to the welfare of these strangers and takes care of them. But at the same time, as the story develops, First the Ranashim, and then later the same people who are called Anashim are referred to in Pasikid Gimel by Yomer Hashem El Avram. Hashem himself told Avram and gave him the message about indeed Sarah will have a child, his name will be Yitzchak, and he'll be born within the next year. This of course relates to a much deeper question in relation to how God interacts with man. In our next year we'll see how this concept begins to unfold in the continuation of Parshat Vayera.